0: The Finding Clarity Podcast is a podcast ministry of the Kerwinsville Christian Church where we seek to answer questions that you might have about Christianity and the Christian life. So each week, we put together a podcast that is addressing a question that you wouldn't necessarily find the answer for in a morning service, if you're listening to a message, or in Sunday school, or even in a Bible study. But they're questions that you have to wrestle with on a daily basis as you interact with other people or as you're pondering it for your own life. And that's especially true with the question that we're going to be looking at today. In fact, it's a specific question, but it has broad implications to other areas of our lives. And the question that we're going to look at today has to do with the issue of tattoos, tattoos. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, now, you know, George, up until that point of what you mentioned, what this podcast was about, I was like, yeah, this is interesting because this has to do with other areas of my life. Well, I don't have tattoos. I'm not interested in a tattoo. I don't know how this question about tattoos has anything to do with me. Well, if you listen today and how we try to answer this question, I think you'll see it has broad implications. So here's the question we're going to look at today about tattoos. What does the Bible say about tattoos? What does the Bible say about tattoos? And I think this is actually a very good question to address a bigger issue. And so here's how we're going to approach this today. We're going to talk about the bigger issue first, because the issue of tattoos is is a minor issue compared to a bigger issue which has to do with our culture. So we're going to talk about the bigger issue first, and then we're going to talk about the issue of cherry-picking. What do you mean by cherry-picking, George? Well, a lot of times in the church and among Christians, we tend to cherry-pick certain verses to address certain issues. So we're going to talk about that. And then finally, we're going to get to the whole issue about tattoos tattoos and answer the question. So let's talk about really the greater issue, okay? The greater issue. First thing I want you to see, because really what the greater issue is about is about our shifting culture. So I just want to make three statements here, okay? First of all, culture is fluid and never stays the same. Culture is fluid and never stays the same. I think if everybody took a step back for a moment and considered any time span, you know for if you're younger, your time span is going to be shorter, but if you're older, you can look over a broad number of years and you can realize that culture shifts In many different ways. It's constantly changing. We see that in hairstyles. We see that in clothing styles. We see that in things that were once not acceptable being acceptable today. So, culture is constantly changing. We can also add to that things that were once considered okay or not considered okay now. So, culture is constantly shifting, language is constantly shifting. So the culture is fluid and never stays the same. The next thing I want you to see here is this. The problem is is the church is typically the last to shift with the culture. That's a problem. Typically the church, as as the culture is changing around them, styles, uh, styles, hairstyles, clothing styles, even down to furniture and, and all of these different things, The church is typically the last to shift with the culture. That's why you might walk into some churches, even today, and find that they're stuck in the 1950s or in the 1970s because they haven't shifted with the culture. But then that brings me to my third point, which is really the issue that I want to talk about as far as the greater issue that will help us to understand this whole issue about tattoos. All right, now here's my point. We tend to place our cultural preferences on par with the scripture. We tend to place our cultural preferences on par with the scripture. And let's be honest, that's a very true statement because... What you see happening in a church is, is that people will get so up in arms with things and so demanding and even condemning about things, and it'll be more of a personal preference than it is a scriptural issue. So, for instance, music. Music continues to be a war within the church, some preferring the hymns, over the modern contemporary sound, and they make it a scriptural, biblical issue, when in fact it's not that at all. It's actually a pragmatic issue that has to do with the preference of the people in that congregation. But some people equate their preference to being extreme and that it's biblical and you're going against God about it. We see that with regards to clothing. We see that with regards to a lot of different issues. And the problem is, is because we don't shift with the culture, we think that our cultural preference is the standard, a biblical standard, when in fact it isn't. So what happens, though, is when you... Make your cultural preference on par with the scripture, you've got to find some sort of biblical support. Well, that brings us to the whole issue of cherry picking, and that's what we're going to talk about now the issue of cherry picking scripture. So, again, I want to make three points here. So, here's the first one Christians will point to scripture to support their preferences. Christians will point to scripture to support their preferences. And you see that often. And, and, and I'll give you a list of scriptures that are often pointed to with regards to issues, and especially like even with regards to issues like with the issue of tattoos. So you'll hear these following scriptures mentioned. James four, 4 adulterers and adulteresses Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You'll hear that one. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And then almost always, you're going to have somebody, quote, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 22, abstain from every form of evil. In fact, this is the verse that is often used to talk about how we need to avoid the appearance of evil. Have you ever heard that statement before? We shouldn't do that because it has the appearance of evil. And they point to this verse from Thessalonians. Now, what is used here is, first of all, I'm not going to talk about the validity of these passages. I'm going to talk about how they're used. And they're used to support someone's preference. Used to support someone's preference. And sometimes scriptures are used out of context, and we'll talk about that in a moment, to support a preference. So I think years ago, during the segregationist days, Southern Christians would often refer to other scriptures to support the whole issue of segregation. And during the Civil War period, they would use the scriptures to support slavery. Now that's an extreme. But it points to a tendency that we don't like the shifting of culture, and our preferences are on par with the scripture. So here's my second point. I've kind of alluded to it already. We tend to label anything that doesn't fit our cultural preferences as evil. We tend to label anything that doesn't fit our cultural preferences as evil. And if you think about some of the things that we get so bent out of shape about, like for instance music, styles of music are oftentimes referred to as evil when it's actually an issue of preference preference we we often use scriptures in order to justify our preferences and they don't have anything to do with the issues because we've equated our preference with scripture and that's a problem that's a problem and so here's the difficulty and I'll refer to these other verses here in a moment these cherry-pick verses tend to be vague general and out of context, they tend to be vague, general, and out of context. What do you mean by that? Well, all right, let's take a look at these verses. James 4.4, 4, he's talking about adulterer and adulteresses. do you not know friendship is the, with the world is enmity with God? That is a general statement of a general attitude of someone who is not walking with God but has embraced the world's values and thinking to the rejection of God. That's what he's talking about there. And if you're wanting to be so into the world to the neglect of God, that's wrong. Okay? Then we come to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Again, that's talking about the whole issue in general of you again living in this world, succumbing to the to the preferences of this world, this anti-God world, and not allowing God's word to transform you from the inside out. And when you allow that transformation to take place, then you're able to prove what is the good and acceptable will of God. And then first Thessalonians chapter five, verse 22, again, it's specifically talking about something, but it's in a general sense. Think about this. If you look at the context of chapter 5, specifically, if you go back up to verse 15, it says this, See that no man renders evil for evil to anyone, but pursue what is good both for yourself. Verse 16, Rejoice always. Verse 17, pray without ceasing. Verse 18, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 19, don't quench the Spirit. Verse 20, do not despise prophecies. Verse 21, test all things, hold fast to what is good. And then verse 22, abstain from every form of evil. What is that talking about here? Specifically, he's talking about the things that you need to be doing in your Christian life And notice, this is right after he talks about quenching the Spirit, he tells you to abstain from evil. This is specifically talking about sin, abstaining from sin, because it quenches the Spirit in your life. This has nothing to do with the issue of the appearance of evil, which, by the way, is subjective. So what we see here is that these cherry-picked verses tend to be vague and general and oftentimes out of context. So then let's get to the issue of tattoos which by the way could be the issue of piercings, having metal in your face or whatever. So let's talk about it. First of all, tattoos have become increasingly popular in our culture. Now, I'm old enough to remember when tattoos weren't popular at all. In fact, you know, growing up in the military, I remember tattoo potters were on the outside of military bases, and that's where military guys went. But the general population didn't have tattoos. Well, here in the last 15 years... Tattoos have become increasingly popular among the general population. And so a lot of people are getting one tattoo, more tattoos, full body tattoos, arm tattoos, and tattoos are everywhere. So tattoos have become increasingly popular in our culture. Now, again, this is a shift in our culture because the second thing I want you to see here is that tattoos were once seen as a mark of veterans, delinquents, or rebels. So if you talked about somebody who had a tattoo, you would probably wonder, okay, were they in the military or they're on the fringe of society? Either they would be seen as rebellious or delinquent And that's where tattoos were. However, we live in an age now where tattoos are pretty common among people. Of all classes, not just the fringe, but in all areas of society, people are having tattoos. So... Let's get to the Bible now because, okay, what does the Bible say about it? Well, the first thing I need to point out to you is this. The New Testament does not address the issue of tattoos. You're not going to find anywhere in the New Testament any discussion about tattoos. Well, you know, wait a minute. I listened to a guy talking about tattoos and he mentioned this verse over here. He mentioned this verse over here and says that this is wrong. I'm going to tell you there is nothing specific about tattoos in the New Testament. Now, someone would say, well what about the mark of the beast? That's something completely different. But what we're talking about here is just general tattoos, some guy who's got a teddy bear on their arm. You're not going to find anything in the New Testament. And if somebody's referring to passages, they are again cherry-picking verses to support their preference. So, some believers, though, point to the prohibition in the Old Testament law. You'll say, well, wait a minute, George. I know there's nothing in the New Testament, but there's this verse in Leviticus that says we shouldn't do it. And they're referring to Leviticus chapter 19, verse 28. Here's what it says. You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor tattoos Nor tattoo any marks on you. I am the Lord. Now, here's the point I want to make this was a specific command to Israel to be distinct from the Canaanites. So, when we get to Leviticus, we're talking about covenantal laws for the people of Israel when they were to enter into the promised land, when they would take Canaan to separate themselves, to be distinct from the people of Canaan, from the Canaanites, with their pagan, Baal-worshipping rituals. But their focus was to be totally distinct from them in every area of their life. In fact, that's why we have the dietary laws. They were to have a dietary laws that would make them distinct from the other cultures. Here, they were to be distinct in... This whole issue of marking up their bodies, which the Canaanites did. They would mark up their bodies for the dead. And they would have tattoos for whatever ritual purpose. And this was a command for Israel to be distinct from the Gentile nations. So that brings me to my final point here. Like most parts of the law, believers are not bound to keep it. Like most parts of the law, believers are not bound to keep it. What do you mean by that, George? Well, what I'm saying is, is like other areas of the law, you and I are not bound by that. We've been set free from the law through Christ because there's no way to keep the law. So in reality, tattoos, as we are seeing them expressed in our culture today, is not a biblical issue It's a preferential issue. And it really comes down to the issue of liberty, whether somebody has liberty to have one or not. It's not an issue of evil because that's subjective. Someone could say, well, I don't like the way that tattoo looks. It looks evil. I understand that. But that's not a biblical issue, nor is it restricted. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, The Bible says very little about whether or not somebody should have a tattoo. It's really an issue of preference. But the bigger issue is how we place our preferences, our cultural preferences, on par with the Scripture, and then we dictate to others how they need to live by that preference. That, my friends, ultimately are you ready for this, is legalism. And that brings bondage to people in their relationship with Christ. Something to think about. Finding Clarity Podcast, again, just an opportunity to answer questions that you might have about Christianity and Christian life. You say, George, how can we get questions to you? Well, there are several ways that you can do that. If you're a part of our church here at the Kermansville Christian Church, we would simply encourage you to just come up and ask a question of me anytime or throw a question in the offering plate. I'll get it. You can go to Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, Like the page so that you can keep up with what's happening on the podcast, but also use the page to direct message us or write on our wall with your question. We'll look at answering it here on the podcast. You can also contact us through our church webpage, KerbinsvilleChristian.org. Simply go to the contact section, fill out the form, you can put your question in there, and we'll get it here, and we'll see about answering it. Next week, we're going to look at another very practical question that you and I maybe have wrestled with, but is out there that we need to address, and it has to do with Satan and our lives. And so here's the question we're going to look at next week. Can Satan read our minds. Can Satan read our minds? That's what we're going to look at next week. I hope you'll be listening. Until then, take care.